Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to Brewers Talk, the Burton Albion podcast from the Burton Mail back uh, to look ahead to this weekend's game against Nottingham Forest at the start of what uh, what is set to be uh, a busy week, potentially crucial week in Burton Albion's bid for championship survival. I'm Josh Jimmonet, joined as ever by Richard Cusack. How's things, Rich? Good afternoon, Josh. Yeah, and gearing up for another uh, another crucial game on Saturday, of course, as ever. Yeah, this is it. And as we say, a, a busy week, the first uh, sort of midweek championship game for a few weeks and um, three games in the space of seven days, which, as we say, with March looking such a tough uh, tough month for the Brewers, uh, could yet prove a pretty pivotal week. Um, as we say, Nottingham Forest, the game this weekend, which we'll be uh, we're looking ahead to soon. Uh, but as ever, we'll reflect first on what has been before and uh, since we last uh, spoke to you on the Brewers Talk podcast. Of course, the Brewers travelled to Portman Road on Saturday. Um, it was a freezing cold uh, Portman Road. So first things first, big shout out to the 169 Brewers fans who, who travelled down there. They got a bit of a shout out to Nigel Clough as well. Uh, but fair play to them. And uh, they were in uh, in good voice all afternoon. And I suppose for fair reason, Rich. Yeah, I mean, Burton, um, they really took the game to their opponents, didn't they? Which be really, you, you re- what you saw is you saw another performance full of attacking intent. Um, which if you are one of the 169 fans making, I think it was 322 mile round trip. From a the, fair trip. Yeah. yeah, a fair trip from Burton. That's exactly what you want to see, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, it was looking back at that, that Reading game, which was, of course, the, the last midweek game at the Pirelli Stadium. Um, and the feeling afterwards, we discussed it on this podcast and in plenty of pieces online as well. Um, I mean, Nigel Clough has labelled it Burton's rock bottom moment. And to be honest, if it is their rock bottom moment, um, and they kick uh, kick back from it. Then, then fair enough. That's what they've done so far. Obviously, they did it at Villa, ultimately to no avail. Um, at the weekend, though, they, they at least made sure they got something something for their efforts. Um, but you know, one of those, I suppose, where, where you look and say it, uh, yeah, it could have been so much better. It, it could have been, but what you have seen is from a Reading game, you've seen a, a genuine progression in terms of performances and results. So after the Villa game, we were all wondering, weren't we, can they go to Portman Road, can they put in that same sort of performance, that same effort and guile against what the Mick McCarthy side, who we all know how Mick likes to set his teams up, and what what we have seen is a genuine progression, and what I mean by that is we've seen a willingness to get the ball down, play football, Yeah. and I think, you said it yourself, didn't you, I think that's what's going to stand them in good stead, going not just going into the last 16 or 15 or 16 games but going home back to the Pirelli yeah which is uh, of course where sort of the, the main troubles of their season lie just reflecting quickly on, on the Ipswich game as we say it finished 0-0 it was Burton's first point in fact since since New Year's Day when they won 3-0 away at Sheffield Wednesday but again the nature of the performance as much as anything they were by far the better footballing side they created Pretty much the only chances of the game, Lloyd Dyer blasted one over from from the edge of the box in the first half. It was the second half where they really opened it up. Darren Bent had one that, yeah. you know, maybe two big or three chance, weeks down the line, it, he'll slide in instead. Bartos uh, Bielkowski, who's probably Ipswich man of the match in both games this season against Burton, uh, saved well with his legs. They denied Bent uh, from another sort of uh, 18-yarder a bit later, and then the save of the game, Carmat Fadson flicking on a near post header from Samuel Martin Samson's corner in the last minute, um, took a massive deflection, and somehow the keeper reacts. You know, very, very, very quickly, um, 
especially to the deflection, which took it in a different angle, tips it over the bar and, and secures uh, Ipswich a point and, and denies the Brewers two. Um, again, which as you were saying there, I suppose that the positive thing, is, as much as, as ending that losing run and getting the point and, and keeping yourselves in touch and whatever, is the fact that that Villa performance wasn't just a, you know, a it flash wasn't a in the pan. It, it wasn't a one-off. What you've seen is, you've seen a, a performance exactly like that, and that, that was what we were all saying after the Villa game, wasn't it? Can they go and do that? Is, have, we, have we just seen everything come together? But I think the most important thing about Saturday's match was as much as they were tidy in possession in the middle with J- uh, Jacob Davenport, Hope Pan and Jamie Allen, they, they were absolutely fantastic, by the way. <coughs> yeah. uh, Nigel Clough pra- praised them afterwards, and rightly so. Davenport, you know, he keeps hold of the ball, he keeps he keeps Burton ticking over, recycles possession very well, but you've also got Hope Pan making those driving runs. Jamie Allen, I mean, he, he his work rate is absolutely incredible, mm-hmm. isn't he? He charges around the pitch and, and uh, closes players down. And on a pitch that was deteriorating as well. You know, the rain came down, it was, it was digging up. It would have been easy as the game went on to... You know, revert a little bit more Lumping to direct forward. football yeah, and yeah. say, okay, let's not play ourselves into any trouble. But it was admirable, really, the way that Burton from from minute one to minute ninety said, no, we want to get the ball on the deck, um, we want to, yeah, play play some football, really, play through and around teams rather than going over them. Obviously, with Darren Bent as, as the lone striker, you know, you play into his feet, you, you you play to his strengths by playing into his feet or playing into the channels rather than you know, sort of going going direct to him. And that's that's bit, that's something that I think that Burton as a team and obviously Clough and the coaching staff are, are, are trying to sort of get away from. They're so used to playing it up to someone like Lucas Aikens who can. Lucas does a very good job of holding the ball up and bringing players in. They've now got a slightly different focal point up front with, with Darren Bent up there. And um, but I think just on the, on sort of midfield sticking there a little bit. I think that there's a lot to be said for for being tidy in midfield, but it's actually creating the chances. Yeah, yeah. And that was one of the more impressive things was that Burton had two or three really good opportunities. To, 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 to sort of, and I mean, Stephen Bywater didn't have a, have a single thing. To, I, I don't remember, apart from uh, Mustafa Cariol's effort, which I mean, how how much would that have sort of, sort of like summed up Burton's season if it had just pulled out a thirty-five year yeah. yard rocket from from nowhere? But yeah, no, I mean, it will You know, he had, he had next to nothing to do. I think he gathered one shot from Burson Cellina and. And that was it, really, which which summed up as well. And, and and you talk about the creativity that Burton showed, and that was certainly a huge positive because they're going to need you know they're going to need a versatility in the way they play as well. There are going to be games where they're going to have to revert to that counter-attacking style, but also, you know, this sort of slightly more possession-based you know football is is promising. But as you say, you know, you've got to tip your hats to, to the defence as well and the de- you know defence of the whole side. But that back four. You know, a bit of a, a makeshift one in, in many ways. Lucas Aikens <clears throat> at right back. He's played, you know, all over. He did last season for Burton. Him at right back. John Brayford at left back. Of course, with Tom Flanagan out, um, still likely to be out for another couple of weeks at least. And then the centre backs were Kyle McFadden and Tom Naylor. Jake Buxton was was dropped to the bench. Nigel Clough saying that was the, sort of the toughest decision, but they thought it was the right one. And Ben Turner still out with injury. And uh, you know, I think. I made it the first time since September that Nader and McFadden had parted each other at the back in, in a centre-back role and you know they both played well but for me in particular Tom Naylor the composure he showed at the back shows I suppose why Nigel Clough sees him as, as a centre-back option moving forward Well I know you made a man of the match in your in your Sunday verdict didn't you? I think. Uh, yes yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I can see why he's sort of a player he's when you've got someone like Kyle McFadden next to him who he does all the dirty work does, does the cleaning up doesn't he and then he sort of gives the ball to, to Naylor and Naylor He's able to then go forward and get Burton on the front foot, which when you've got the midfield players that you've got, you want them to be able to get the ball. Mm. You don't just want it being lumped clear every time the ball goes to the centre-backs. But, but Naylor, his ability to read the game, his ability to... It's almost like having a centre midfielder playing centre-back. 
So it's I mean, in many ways, it is, I suppose. Well, well, you know, well, given, well, exactly, given where NATO is placed. That's exactly, exactly what it is. But it, all, it gives you that. It's almost like you've got a sort of opposite fair play. And, it, and that's what I think that, that Burton need going forward, is they need someone who can sort of bring the ball out from the back and then look to get them on the front four. Uh, ending sort of the, the Ipswich analysis, I suppose, that, that one, not negative, but a, a drawback in a sense, is looking and saying the time maybe now, you know, we talk about the positivity of the performance, it was undoubtedly there as we did at Villa. But now with 15 games to go, Burton still four points to drift at the bottom of the table, four points to drift of safety. Potentially the time now for talking about, it was promising the performance, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, he's over. They've got to start sooner or rather later turning promising performances into to points. I guess Saturday's sort of a game was one of those, after 10 games you're thinking, great, fantastic, let's go and let's, let's just get some, but now you're sort of looking at thinking, well, we've got 15 games left, how, long are we, how much longer are we going to keep saying, oh, that's two points dropped, that's two points dropped. But, I, the way I see it is, let's just take it for what it is. It's a positive performance. It's a step in the right direction, given the given the performances we have seen recently. But I agree, I, I appreciate from supporters there will be the element of well, time is running out for us to not sort of make our mark on games. Yeah. I, I do I, I do appreciate that. Fantastic stuff. We're going to take a, a very quick break. We'll be back afterwards to talk all things Nottingham Forest. Welcome back to Brewers Talk. Hope that uh, that little gap sounds as seamless as uh, I'm imagining it in my head. Um, but we're back to uh, to look ahead to, to this weekend's game at the Bradley Stadium um, as Burton Albion looking to end. Well, it's now a five, or it certainly will be a five-month wait. Um, it was this September the 16th when they beat Fulham 2-1. Um, and uh, it'll be, what's it going to be? The 17th, isn't it? Come, come Saturday, 17th of February, as they look to get a win over Nottingham Forest. Um, Rich, with a, you know, we've discussed the, the home form plenty, but in terms of this game in particular, Nigel Clough saying he he thinks it's the biggest game at the Pro Stadium for a while. He didn't sort of want to rank it, but it, he knows how big a game it is given the Brewers' recent performances and the positivity. Given you know Forest pretty patchy form since the since the turn of the year, and um, you know I think everybody in the ground probably is going to know how big a game it is this weekend. I think he wasn't he wasn't going to be drawn, was he, on sort of where it ranks in like well certainly his time at Burton across the two spells, but. I think that it's one of those games, isn't it, where the home form, yes, it's been well documented, but I really, really do think that I'm an eternal optimist. And Glad to I, hear it. <laughs> should, 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 should Burton get three points against Forest, too? Let's be honest, they're no great shape since I, I told Karanka came. I think it was New Year's... I think it was... Warburton was sacked on New Year's Eve, wasn't he? And then Karanka was appointed a few days later on. Um, they've been in no great shape since they since they beat Wolves. They've, they've lost they lost the next four games, including a two-nil defeat to the City Ground against Hull on Saturday. So it's one of those games where you just wonder if I mean if Burton are going to win at home, they've got to do it. I mean, they've got they've absolutely got to, a team like Nottingham Forest is is there for the taking. Mm. I, I think I start with a negative. I feel like we've had this conversation a few times. You look back at, at some of the home, okay, they've lost to Wolves, Villa, Sheffield United, some of the best teams in the division, but. We've had this discussion ahead of a game against Sunderland, <clears throat> Reading, QPR, you know, even Barnsley and Ipswich when you go Leeds, back. You know, Leeds off yeah. the back of that performance at Reading Side, and Bolton as well. Yeah. Sides, they played a lot of teams down there with them in the bottom sort of six, eight in the division and just not been up to the occasion. No. You know, you get the impression we had press conference this morning with, with Nigel Clough and Martin Samuelson, there's a positivity, there's plenty of smiles on faces, understandable given the last two performances. Do you get the impression that this weekend could be different in that sense? I think the only reason why it would be different is because of the, the sort of football we've seen them play over the last couple, yeah. last couple of games lends itself to playing at home, I think. Mm. Dominating possession, having lots of time on the ball, being able to be positive, getting on the front foot. 
I think when, I mean, and quite rightly, Nigel Clough has looked to sort of take the system that they used at Reading and Sheffield Wednesday and sort of say, well, if it's working for us away from home, if we can go to Hillsborough and turn Wednesday over 3-0, then surely we should be able to do something with the same system at home. But it's, unfortunately... It's not that simple, is it? No, I mean, well, sides, sides aren't going to come at you the same way as they no. come at you on, on home soil, on their own home soil. And, you know, I think they learnt, sort of learned that lesson, didn't they, really? I mean, you think about the Norwich game when Burton should have won it, really, but they didn't create as many chances as they should have done against an under-par Norwich side on the day because, you know, maybe they weren't I think set they were, up to, to I do think that. also they were scared because they've seen how they, they, they like to go forward, try and create opportunities, and then they end up, how many times have we seen the same ball through that cuts the back four open, or back five, or whatever, the centre-backs, and then late goals, again, it could have been another packed out away end, Nottingham Forest yeah, sold, yeah. Out, sold out, but the, the stand behind the goal there, so they'll be they'll be up for it. The, the fans love coming to the Pirelli Stadium, because it's just so different to anywhere else in the league. Yeah. So the away sides, they've just... I think, as much as Burton have been bad this season, away sides have always tended to up their game in the last in yeah. the last twenty thirty minutes when they're maybe shooting towards their their mm. fans and they can see a whole packed out away end. Yeah, I mean, I got a tweet off Carl earlier saying that you know we put an article up on the website earlier from from Nigel Clough talking about um, how he thinks Burton Albion have played with a bit more fear this season compared to last season, which I, you know I thought was sort of a really interesting and quite a sort of open honest assessment about things and how he sort of hopes the Brewers can push on now without fear that they're at the bottom of the table there's nowhere further for them to go down so it's there's a gives them a bit of freedom and Carl said you know how open an answer that was but also talking about the fact that teams have come to the pro this season with a respect that maybe they didn't show Burton last season you know certainly earlier on Sheffield Wednesday Derby teams like that will perhaps have turned up at the pro thinking if we go out there put in a decent performance you know we'll beat these and now they know that's not going to happen teams have got a bit more respect we know Burton's confidence is knocked as well at home. That that is inevitable when when you've not won in five months. When you've taken one point in five months, that's inevitable. But I mean, Nigel Clough saying one win could be all it takes. Again, we've said it over and over and over again. But one win is you know could just be a, a huge springboard for them. That's what I mean. It's it's it's, it's a cliche. I know, but the whole second season syndrome, the Burton Albion, the Pirelli Stadium, they're not unknown quantities anymore. So, like you yeah. say, teams sort of teams turn up knowing that they can't just turn up and three points from the back in the, in the bag already. And I'm not sure whether it's just that or whether I mean, you know what runs confidence in football is everything one, two, three, four home losses on the bounce, and then that just snowballs, doesn't it, into one big malaise that we've yeah. seen. Um, but in terms of it, taking this Saturday into isolation, I think now they've just got to go out there. Liam Boyce could make his home debut. Jacob Davenport will. Expected to make his home debut, so you wonder how much how much of an effect the players who haven't sort of been involved in that run. I mean, Martin Samuelson as well. He's only played only one game at home. Yeah, the Reading game. I yeah. think the Reading game. Same so, with Darren Bent. Yeah. Same with Darren Bent. So you're looking at these players to sort of have an impact and show that they have not been burdened by the yeah. home form, and you hope they can sort of. I mean, I come back to it again. I certainly think the style of play that they've, they've adopted lends itself to being more suited to a home performance it's a bit of a new team as well like you say out there in, in terms of the going out in front of the Pirelli Stadium faithful like you say Davenport Samuelson Bent all likely to, to feature Samuelson and Bent have featured there once but still Boyce and we'll get onto him a little bit more in a, in a second but he could well make his home debut as you say off the bench or likely to be in a, a quite in a position to start at the moment but that could be positive just looking at the runs again we, we know we've talked about you know Burton, Burton's home slump to you know, to the nth degree, haven't we really? But I mean, it's a weekend where 
some sort of a run is going to end. Forests, you know, we talk about their form under Karanka, an incredible win over Wolves. But other than that, you know, sort of flattered to deceive really so far. They've only won once um, since December the 9th, you know, so that's a, that's a really poor run. They've lost seven times in that in that in that sequence. So, you know, one of those weekends where both teams are going to be coming in thinking, well, one of us has got to end a poor run soon. And yeah. You know, well, I mean, I suppose it could end as a draw, and then neither would be massively happy. But um, and then Forest but, have halted there. They're, they're losing the run, and they yeah. might sort of get a little bit. of... I mean, we sort of put something up about Gary, Gary Burtles earlier on. He's sort of saying it's a bit of a six-pointer. If Burton win, then the gap between bottom of the league and then seven. Oh well, Burton, sorry, the gap between Burton is going to be seven points to Forest, and then you've still got fourteen, fifteen games left. You've, yeah, you've not right. got that many games left. You saw what happened to Forest last year. I mean, Karank is a, it's a fantastic manager. We've seen that at Middlesbrough. We've seen that as his assistant to um, Jose Mourinho at Real Madrid. But he's tried to overhaul the team a bit. Mm. Ten new players in, in January. Yeah, a lot of changes. 29 first-team players, I think Nigel Clough said yeah. before we, us this one. He said it could be a completely different eleven to the one that started it in October. Well, he also said that we were trying to pick the team, but they got nowhere near because they just don't know. The scouting report from October is redundant because it's such a such a yeah. much changed side. Um so it's certainly going to be a much much different Forest team to the one we, we saw at the City Ground back in October, where again one of the, another game at Burton really should have got something yeah, out. Yeah, how many times have we said that? I suppose you know, not knowing what team you're going to come up against, at least it gives you you know potentially means, means you focus on yourselves and say, well, can't affect that. Let's just affect ourselves. In terms of the Burton team, um, time will tell, of course, on that. Uh, again, as I said, we spoke to, to Nigel Clough earlier to, to get an injury update. Tom Flanagan, we know, is, is still going to be out for a, a couple of weeks at least with that calf problem that he sustained at Villa. Luke Murphy and Ben Turner also got injured in that game. They're both doubts for this weekend. Given what Nigel Clough said, he, he expects likely that it will be the same 18 as we saw at Ipswich. In that case, Murphy and, and Turner will, will both miss out their doubts. Um, Turner, they say, isn't going to train at least until Friday. Murphy's just had the stitches out um, in that shin uh, problem. He got 12 stitches in that shin. Um, so, you know, potentially Burton will be planning for life without them at the weekend. Who knows? The other doubts, Brayford, John Brayford uh, apparently picked up a knock uh, against, uh, against Ipswich. Lloyd Dyer, a bit of a, a tight calf. Um, both of those doubts, but but you get the impression potentially that they could still feature, given what Nigel Clough said about it being the same 18. Yeah. Because um, yeah. we saw, uh, we headed down to Keys Park to see uh, Burton Albion knocked out, pretty comprehensively knocked out of the Birmingham Senior Cup on, on Tuesday night to Hensford Town, who, uh, quick mention to them, they were superb. Jordan Graham, especially up front, was, was brilliant all, uh, all evening. They won 4-1. Saw plenty of there were seven first team faces in that, including a first start for Liam Boyce. He played forty five minutes. So first on Himrich, we know he played forty five, looked pretty good. Most importantly, came off after forty five unscathed and and should be fit for the weekend. I, th- I think that's obviously the most important thing, isn't it? That he sort of, I mean, again, similar to Villa, he wasn't afraid to put himself about. There was absolutely no sort of hesitancy whatsoever from him. A couple of nice little layoffs. Um, had a couple of got shots on goal. I think one of the key, James Renning goal, he had, uh, sort of touched one round for a corner after him and Luke Varney combined. Yeah. And uh, with, with, with Boyce, you can see he's, he's able to sort of, he controls the ball really well. He can shift it out of his feet quick. He's a quality player. Yeah. He's a really quality player. But like you say, the main thing, 45 minutes in the bank, come off, mm. no injuries. That's it. Game time, precious minutes. <clears throat> Again, guesswork, but you would, you would imagine... Um, that you'll see Darren Bent starting again at the Prelude this Saturday and, and probably coming off after 65 minutes or so for, for Liam Boyce to be introduced for his home debut. Who knows? Um, but Nigel Clough certainly still feeling that, that Boyce is a couple of weeks away from a start. 
reaffirming that sense of not wanting to risk him, not wanting to rush him back. Secondary injuries, you know, muscle injuries when you've been out for so long. Um, Got to be careful of, of that. So we saw six other players, uh, first team faces at Hedsford. All of them, uh, sort of, as well, apparently, uh, you know, not picking up injuries, so will be available if needed at the weekend. The likes of uh, Marvin Sordell, Damian McCrory, Jake Buxton, Sean Barker, um, all featured. Um, so again, we'll, we'll see how the Brewers line up for, for the game on on Saturday. But Rich, I suppose, ultimately, given the performance at, at the weekend against against Ipswich for the Forest game. If they're not forced into any, you wouldn't expect too many changes. Provided Brayford and, and Dyer do come through, I, I honestly wouldn't. I wouldn't make any any changes at all. I think, you know, I sit with Martin Samuelson and, and Dyer on the wing still. Yeah. Stick with Dyer and Bent up front, and, and the three midfield players, Jamie Allen, Akpan, and um, Davenport. I, I wouldn't change them either. I'd, I'd, I mean, let's nice little segue into some questions now, shall we? Because I've had someone ask me, uh, optimistic brewer Mark Harden on Twitter says. Where would Lee Murphy play if, it, given Davenport's performances, mm. for me he'd, he'd be on the bench? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? You know, we, we talked a little bit before we recorded the podcast, didn't we? You know, Luke Murphy, one of the Brewers' most consistent performers since joining last January on loan. You know, always puts in a, a good shift. Is, is a quality performer. Obviously, had a couple of slips in in recent games um, in the Fulham and Reading game, sort of giving the ball away on the edge of his own box. Then obviously picked up this injury. Um, but yeah, I mean. You know him and Davenport. You, you'd both probably class them as holding midfielders, wouldn't you? That that's the role they play. Murphy has always played as the deepest line, but midfielder when he, since he's joined, um, and obviously that's where Davenport is impressing at the minute. So yeah, you know if you could work them both into the team, could you? You know, I think they're too similar. But, I, the problem yeah. is that they're too similar, and also you wouldn't would you drop Akpan or Allen? Well, that's the other thing, and, and Akpan and Allen offer different things. You know, they're more forward player midfielders. So, I mean, I think at the minute. You know the, the way it works in football. Usually, if if you have the shirt and you're defending the shirt, then then that's the way it stays. And you know, as we say, Luke Murphy probably doubtful for the weekend anyway. But you know, answering Mark's question, I think like you say, if even if he was fit, Nigel Clufford would probably say, well, you know, st- stick him on the bench and, and and not risk him and and see if Jacob Davenport can keep up these performances without wanting to lump too much pressure onto a 19 year old and knowing you've got a classy performer in Murphy there to step in as and when he's needed. Um, and if they need to shift things up, change systems. Um, then Murphy maybe comes in in that sense. Again, I come back to it as well, though, with sort of players. What you don't see on the pitch is you don't see Davenport and Murphy working in training, stuff like yes. that. You know, how much of, how much is sort of how much of it, Murphy might be quite happy to say, okay, I'm, I'm out injured, I'm not going to get a place in. But if Nigel Clough says to, says to him, do a bit of work with Jacob on his positioning, always mm. the, the, the dirty side of the game, the tackling, all the rest of it. Then that again, that is what we don't see, isn't it? And well, yeah, exactly. And you would imagine that you know Davenport has been learning a few things off. Off Murphy as well, so it'll be. I mean, it'll be interesting when Murphy's fully fit, as you say, to see if there's a way of, of factoring them both in, if they will, or or if they will complement each other. And um, you know, with with the heavy workload that comes in the final 15 games of the season, certainly March and April when it starts getting busy, um, you know, we'll see if if that's what happens. Talking about players partnering up, um, a question from from Lucas, um, who's tweeted in saying, is an option with Boyce and Bent up front together possible? Nigel Clough sort of made a little bit of reference to this today, talking about obviously at the moment, you know, the, the workload is being shared. Remember, this is, these are two strikers who both suffered uh, pretty serious pre-season injuries. Neither had, had made appearances until the last couple of weeks. So neither really in a position to play a full 90 at the moment. Darren Bent is, is obviously shouldering the majority of that workload. He's played sort of 60 in, in the games he's played um, and certainly against Ipswich saw him returning to that sort of sharpness. But, I mean, they're, Rich, ultimately, they're both quality strikers. They both know where the goal is. That's what Burton have lacked at times this season. You've got to think when they're both up to full fitness, 
they're going to they're going to start having to look at a system that that you know um, complements them both. It's a prospect that's been described as, as mouth watering, isn't it? You know, I mean, you, you, by who? Said it. Oh, 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 and me. Yeah, he said it. Yeah, there you go. In the weekend, I, I think it's one of those sort of situations where you want your best players out on mm. the uh, on the pitch, um, and if that means that you have to maybe do a little bit of rejigging, I mean, it could be. Sweet. I mean, it's just getting the two strikers up there at the moment. You've got you've, you've got you've you've got your settled back four, um, you've got your, your, your settled five players in the field as well. Do you, I mean, do you, you don't you don't take any of the midfield three out. To take Dyer out and Samuelson, but then where'd you put Samuelson? We saw he wasn't comfortable inside of midfield three yeah. when he tried to play Aikens and Bent up front of him. Yeah, it looks the biggest threat when he's got a bit of width. So it's one me? of those. It's one of those where I'm sure it's one of you want your best players on the pitch. You want to you want Darren Bent and Liam Boyce on the pitch, or you don't. Need but again, you end up sacrificing the, the, the sort of the, 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 the bigger picture, the, the team, the way the team's working. It's tough, isn't it? That like you say, because I mean. Fortunately, we don't have to make those decisions. We can just sit here and chat about them and speculate. And then on a Saturday afternoon, it's up to Nigel Clough, Andy Garner, and his and the management team to to ultimately come up with those decisions. But yeah, you know, if 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 they're if they're to, it is a you know a fantastic proposition, isn't it? Two sort of out and out goal scorers. Um, but you've then got to make sure if they're both up front together that you've got the players behind them to create the chances for them to capitalise on. And that's where you, you know a little bit of tinkering will come into it. Um, one thing we haven't seen a bit much at all over the last two seasons, there's not been a hell of a lot of four four two, and that might be the formation they have to switch to to, to accommodate both Bent and Boyce up front. Again, you, you know, you, you lose one of those central midfielders, so that slightly changes the role of Davenport or, or Murphy or you know whoever sort of plays in there as, as a slightly holding midfielder. But you know, I, I, ultimately, when they're both fit, you know, it's not going to work every week, and it's horses for courses. But certainly at home, where you want to, you know, the onus is on you to attack. You've got to think that Nigel Clough's going to want to try and try that, you know, partnership out sooner rather than later when they're both fit. Certainly, but I think for now, at least, what you do have is you have a situation where you're playing, you 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 are hamstrung by injuries, pardon the pun, but you now have an opportunity where you can bring a quality striker yeah, on yeah. for a quality striker. So, I mean, it probably works out okay, but you know for a fact that Ben's going to come off after 65, 70 minutes, then you know that Boyce is coming on. So, if Burton, if Burton had a problem earlier in the season where the longer the game went 0-0, the opposition came into it. But now the longer the game goes 0-0, they know they've got a genuine quality, yeah. a threat on the bench. Yeah. And that might play into their hands now. They might be able to say, right, OK, well, 0-0 is fine. Let's bring our record signing on, who's getting up to speed, and let's see what we can do. Yeah, yeah, good point. Very good point, like you say. It's, um, it's something which I think is, certainly the Ipswich game at the weekend, where, you know, with Burton were on the front foot and you saw Liam Boyce coming on and you thought, you know, I fancy him maybe to, to 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 nick one here. In the end, he didn't actually really get a look in, but it's a you know it's a, it's a good point at the moment. Until the two are fit enough to, to partner each other for a full ninety minutes, you know, whoever whoever starts, the other one is not a bad alternative to, to come off the bench. And that's obviously, you know, without ignoring the, the likes of somebody like Marvin Sordell, who uh, we've not seen much of him out wide. And, and I personally, you know, quite you know, look back at a few of the games back in the last season when he played out wide, and he, you know, he, I thought he looked really good out there, but. He's another striker. We've not seen it too often this season, but when he has those moments of quality, a la the goal against Birmingham back yeah, in August, yeah. you know he can change a game as well. Um, so Burton do have those game changers. But yeah, to answer your question, Lucas, I certainly think we'll be seeing uh, Liam Bent. Uh, Liam Bent, sorry, Darren Bent, Liam Boyce. A combination, a combination uh, yeah, of Li- yeah, Liam Boyce and Darren B Bent. B squared. Um, <laughs> the two Bs, yeah, Bent and Boyce. I'm sure we'll see them up front together, <clears throat> but... Obviously, uh, at the moment, neither uh, they don't sort of want to push either of them to, to full ninety minutes or anything like that. 
Um, so we'll see, obviously. Uh, We've got a question from Robbie who says, when do you think Boris will start? Oh, how long's a piece of string? Yeah, exactly. I think um, Nigel Clough said it himself, there's no real time scale. It's, it, he's already ahead of the curve, so... You just you don't want to rush him. I know it's really I know it's really tempting. You see him out on the pitch, see him warming up. You think great, let's whack him in. But having watched players myself come back from those injuries and then break down, the last thing you want you mentioned it already, Josh. Secondary injuries. Your body hasn't been worked like that for the best part of seven yeah. or eight months. So you're not used to that sort of you know playing that many minutes. You've got three big games this week. You know, Forest, uh, Barnsley, and, and Millwall. You know, I'd, I would be surprised if he starts any of them because if he's coming off the bench, that's good game time. But obviously, it's also you know quite a bit of game time in a short span. Equally, I suppose it depends if, if Darren Bent can start all of them. We'll have to see. But um, I'd be tempted to say uh, after that, you know, seven day rest after the Millwall game. Um, is it Sheffield United then? It's the first game. game well, yeah, we said March, didn't we? Yeah. Originally, I think the first game of March, the third of March, is Sheffield United away. You know, um, so you were looking at that. That's month. pure guesswork, but. Um, I mean, let's not forget. You know, when he did the injury, the thought of him playing, well, the thought of him playing in March was was what you were sort of hoping for. You thought, you know, if he could get back for for the last six or seven games, that'd be great. Um, now, you know, they've obviously got a much grander timescale in terms of, of having him back, so they're not going to want to rush him. But yeah, I, I'd be surprised if we see him start in the next three games. You know, Forest, Barnsley, and Millwall. Um, but that's not to say he can't make an impact. Would obviously try and get an update from Nigel Clough as and when, but as Rich mentioned, he, he doesn't sort of want to put a time scale on it because I don't think there really is one. And I don't think it's fair for, for Liam either no, uh, no, to no, come no. out to come out and say we want him yeah. playing by this game because if he's not, in, yeah, in also he puts pressure. Imagine you might it? think, oh, I need to get back in, I need to get all the rest of it. There's no fair play to the club; they haven't done any of that, and that is that is important. Indeed, right, that's that for the latest Brewers Talk uh, podcast. Looking ahead to this weekend's game against Nottingham Forest as ever, of course, uh, we'll have it all covered, every angle. Um, uh, uh, oh, I'm quite sure that was. Not sure that was, that. but um, that's apologies if that's uh, powered through your your headphones or wherever you listen to this podcast. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, of course be covering the Nottingham Forest game on Saturday, so stick with the Burton Mail for all of that. And as ever, we want you to get in touch with Brewers Talk, so keep all your questions coming throughout the week. And we record these podcasts on a Wednesday afternoon, so get them in for then and we'll try to answer them all. Um, and as ever, if you want to get in touch and actually get involved with the podcast yourself, please do. The usual channels, uh, email Joshua, joshua.murray at burtonmail.co.uk or tweet us at BM or at Richard Cusack BM. For now, that's it for us from Brewers Talk. We'll see you next week. <laughs>